0: Life's better with some good company. You're listening to The Good Co. Podcast with Brett and Emma. Discuss the hot topics, the hard ones, and everything in between. Here's The Good Co. Podcast with your hosts, Brett and Emma. Yo, 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 yo,
1: yo. What up? Welcome back to The Good Co. Podcast. She's Emma. He's Brett. And we host a radio show together now. So we would love for you to check us out beyond just this podcast. If you want to show us some love there, you can listen anywhere in the world. Just download our app. It's My Hope FM, wherever you get your apps.
2: That's right. So we're co-workers. We have a radio show together. We do this podcast together. And also, we're cousins.
1: Yeah, because I married your beautiful cousin. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. And so now we're cousins.
2: Now we're cousins. That's how marriage works, so.
1: If you didn't know, (laughs) thanks for joining our TED Talk. So Emma, apparently there are some things that... Aren't as self-explanatory as they really should be.
2: Things things are hard, and you would <laughs> think they wouldn't be, but they are.
1: Leave it to you to make anything easy. Hard.
2: <laughs> well, like, take instant pudding, for example.
1: Oh, here we go. This is a good story.
2: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you would think hmm. that you'd have to cook it
1: you based would on think. the name.
2: Any normal person would think, oh, instant pudding, I have to cook that but you don't. So I'm just letting you know (laughs) you don't have to cook
1: it. I knew that. It's instant, really? It's not, okay, pudding (laughs) and mac and cheese are very different. Like you can get instant mac and cheese by putting it in. Listen,
2: my mom only made homemade pudding growing up and I just thought all pudding had to be cooked.
1: Okay.
2: I'm sheltered.
1: And spoiled.
2: Yeah, both. All right, so Brett. So Emma. You love pickles, right?
1: I do like like dill. Pickles.
2: Sure, sure, sure. But like all things pickle. Like pickle soup.
1: Like all things dill pickle. Sure, 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 sure.
2: How do you feel about a pickle cheesecake? No, I yep. saw this going I around. I just saw this. Blech. It's right of your alley,
1: Brad. No, Everything pickle.
2: No. Come on. This
1: is where I draw the line.
2: It's even that bright green color. No. Mm. Mm,
1: yum. Creamy. So good. <laughs> Not. I'm really throwing up inside. That is disgusting. If you are the creator of this dill pickle cheesecake, shame on you. I am sorry. I love you, and Jesus loves you,
0: but man, shame. If you're enjoying all the good company right now, would you consider rating the podcast and leaving a review? And just maybe your comment or question could end up on the next podcast.
2: I'm not going to give full specifics, but I was doing ministry with a group of people pretty recently that requested that I wear specific clothing for ministry. Basically, super modest clothing. Sure. Um, I dress pretty modestly in general, so I was kind of... You should
1: see what she's wearing right now. She's got, like, knees showing. (laughs) It's pretty filthy.
2: Okay, well, (laughs) I do like to show my knees when I wear jeans. (laughs) But in general, I've had, like, actually a lot of friends tell me, like, you dress so modestly compared to, like, how they dress. I don't know. I just...
1: I can see it. Okay, I I can see it. I agree.
2: Besides the knees.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Scandalous.
2: Anyways, so I got to admit, when they were trying to tell me what to wear, I instantly was like, "Uh -uh. Uh uh-uh, who are Uh -uh. you to tell me, like, respectfully. Sure. I do a lot of ministry, okay? Lots of different kinds of ministry. I kind of was like, on my high horse, like, for real. I was like, who are you? to tell me how to do ministry. I do ministry. I know what I'm, I should tell you. I should be training you dog. Yeah, Um. so obviously that wasn't the best heart, but that was really how I felt. And I actually had to go, go somewhere by myself and take a second. I had already decided I wasn't gonna do what they asked me to do. I took a second and the Lord instantly convicted me. He mm-hmm. was like, why are you fighting this? Mm-hmm. It's just it just doesn't really matter. Like you can just easily throw on a t-shirt and wear what they're asking you to wear and then go out and do ministry. You don't like this isn't a hill you need to die on for no reason. And so I had to uh swallow my pride a little bit. Sure. And just do it. Because he was right. It just didn't matter. And that was my argument. I was like, it doesn't matter. So I can wear whatever I want. And he was like, if it doesn't matter, then why wouldn't you just do what they're asking you to do? Mm. And I think. Maybe you sometimes can relate to this as the listener, maybe not. But sometimes I don't find it easy to listen to authority when I disagree with them. It's easy when I agree with them, but when I disagree, I don't want to do what they say.
1: So how do we how do we approach these scenarios, these situations where we have a leader above us in the leadership position mm-hmm. who is leading down and you don't necessarily want to do what that leader is asking you to do. That's what we're going to talk about today on the podcast. And um, thank you for sharing that story. Yeah, I, I see, didn't want to. <laughs> I, I, I can see how hard it is. And I know how hard it is for me when, to admit when I when I make a mistake. Um, but we're going to be talking about the idea of leading up today. Um, that's actually something that I stole from Craig Rochelle. He actually has a, podca- a leadership podcast and Um, I was listening to it the other day and he was talking about this idea of leading up. And essentially what leading up is, is how do you lead well when you're not the leader? Mm. So how do you be on the ground level, but still lead well and support your leader? Well, and I, I think in the end, it also helps you set you up for possible leadership in the future as well. So don't leave us right now and go listen to Craig Rochelle. You can do that later, okay? That'd be the worst kind of thing that I could do—is just send you away from us to go listen to him. No, we, we're going to present some of our ideas, and then if you if you don't like our ideas or they're not sufficient, go listen to Craig Rochelle,
2: or you just want to learn more about it. <laughs> there are other podcasts out there too that can help you.
1: I mean, I will take it personally, but it's okay. <laughs>
2: Yeah, some of what you're saying about leading up, Brett, I really like because sometimes we think that we're either leading or following. Sure. But we forget that almost everyone, if not everyone, is leading somebody. Even if you feel like you're at like at the bottom of the totem pole, there's probably someone lower than you that you don't even realize that's looking up to you. And so the things you do, the way you lead, the way you act, the way you submit to authority or react or react all of those things they're watching yeah and so whether or not you want to be leading, whether or not you feel like you're in a position of leadership, you're leading someone. So it's important to assess how can I lead well
1: I heard this quote um, and I don't remember who it was from, but they said people follow those with heart faster than they follow those with the title. And I just kind of serves to what you were talking about there because whether you think so or not, there's somebody watching you because if you if you have heart, if you have a big heart if you lead with your heart not necessarily your emotions or react with your emotions people are going to follow that yeah you don't need the title of director or supervisor or or, or whatever that that ceo title is you don't yeah. need that if you if you lead well with heart then you don't even need the title
2: i i definitely see that and there are people that i've known and noticed in my own life that they just have this energy that you want to be around. Yeah. And they're not in any leadership position, but sure. you're like, whatever they do, I'm going to do it. And so there's something to be said about that, that it's not always about a title or a specific role, but sometimes it's just about who God's created you to be or who he's put you in front of. Because there are people in my life that I've I've followed and they're not even a CEO.
1: sure. I think when you are approaching these kind of situations where you're leading up, or maybe the question is, how can I lead well without actually being the leader? I think I have two two things that I immediately thought of, of ways that you can still submit to the leadership above you, but also support them well. And I, the first one I had was communication upward. Mm-hmm. Like, you just need to be really direct with, with your, your boss, whoever is your supervisor, and um, with how things are feeling because really you are the front line people like Mm -hmm. if i if i break it down to to what it looks like here at the radio station our boss we have a great boss here Um, and there's never really ever been a time that i disagreed with a direction that he was going to take us and part of that's because he prays through a lot of it but if i in my position made snarky comments or or withheld information about what it's really like at the at the frontline level with my with my job then he would never know because he would never be in the situations to to have the interactions that I have because of the difference in the jobs sure. so you have to be very open with your boss about the communication keep that open line of communication and communicate well
2: that's actually a really interesting point that I, I wouldn't have thought of until you said that, but the piece of honestly leading those in authority above you, leading those people well too, and taking them into like, hey, this was hard. I didn't like how you did this. Or, hey, this really hurt my feelings. Or, hey, have you thought about this? But leading well in the sense of like, I wanna create a culture that is going to be open to communication and not foster gossip and not foster um, talking about them behind their back or being frustrated without telling them. And you can lead like even people above you in that sense, too.
1: And leading up in in this sense that you're talking about might open up opportunities down the road for you to move into a position where you're leading down. Mm. And so if you lead well now, when you're not even in the leadership position, how much more will you when you get that leadership position?
2: Yeah, that's really good. And you'll probably build up followers who are already ready to follow you because they've seen the way that you've led and they're like, whatever they're doing, I want.
1: So put yourself in those scenarios where you can serve others well in the position that you have now, not the position that you want or not the boss position, but how can you serve people well now where you're at and also make your boss look better?
2: That's good. I... Don't want to get too deep into this side of things, but it's sometimes hard to respect or follow governing authorities, sure, such as the president or the governor or whoever, if if you don't fully agree with them. And I think sometimes we see this in Christian circles too, where we see... Oh, okay. we definitely do. <laughs> I'm trying to be gentle. <laughs> where we see oh, I don't like them or I don't like even just one policy that they have or all the policies, whatever it is, anywhere in between two, I don't like this thing that they did, so I'm not going to respect them. And I'm going to do everything I can to kick and scream the whole way. And I do think that God really does call us to submit. And he doesn't call us to submit when it goes against his word. That's like a whole separate thing. But at least nine times out of 10, maybe even more than that, he calls us to submit. And he calls us to submit my will, like, for example, in the story I told where I didn't want to wear a T-shirt just because they told me I had to. Um, He asked me to submit my will and say, hey, this is something that doesn't really matter. Yeah, you wouldn't choose to do it that way, Sure, but you don't get to choose. I didn't put you in authority. And I read this verse when we were preparing for this that helped me to see this a lot more. It's Romans 13, starting in verse 2. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God, oh. and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. You can read even further in that, and it talks way more about that, but I was like, yeah. yikes.
1: Yeah. That's <laughs> like, pretty clear.
2: Yeah, it really is. And there are there other verses too. I read one in Second Thessalonians and like a couple other chapters too that talked about that exact thing.
1: And even along the lines of, like, the governing authority, like, render unto Caesar what, what is Caesar's. Yes, like, yes. it's just hard to, when you, your first reaction is is to badmouth those in, in power. Mm-hmm. But, man, it's not, it's nothing new. It's nothing new. There's always been people in power who aren't always the most easy to follow. But the Bible's clear. It doesn't even have any gray area in it. Yeah. We're supposed to submit and honor them.
2: That's real. And when you look at the lives of people that I would admire that are in the Bible, like, for example, Paul, like there was so much injustice from the governing authorities on his life. Like he got arrested multiple times for no reason. And even one of the times he gets arrested and he says, I want to go, I want to, I appeal to Caesar. I want to go to Caesar. And literally in that chapter, whoever had him at the time said, I would have let him go if he didn't appeal to Caesar, but now I have to take him to Caesar. They said, I can't see anything that he's done wrong. And he had already been in jail for months at yeah, that point.
1: It's so. And
2: sorry. so Paul just chose to submit and say like, I'm not going to badmouth them to all the other people in the jail. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to, I'm just going to submit. And God's got the rest because he's the ultimate governing authority and he's mm-hmm. got it handled. Yeah,
1: it's good. So how do we approach those conversations with maybe the people that are closer to us? Let's let's not talk about the governing authorities as much anymore, but more like your boss. Like how do we approach those conversations where we want to have that open line of communication, but we want to do it the right way? How do we do that with respect and honor? Because honor is given, respect is earned. So how do we honor them even in hard conversations?
2: For me, if I'm being honest, one of the first things and probably the second and third thing that I have to do is check my heart Mm. and ask myself, am I just being rebellious in spirit? Am I just annoyed because it's not how I would do it? Or is this actually something that's worth confronting? Because honestly, a lot of times, and this might not be the case for everyone, it really is the case for me though. A lot of times, it's just a me problem and it's not a them problem. And I don't need to take it to them, I need to figure it out myself. But if I check my own heart, and I really feel like it is a problem that I need to confront or something I at least need to say my piece about and then let it go, the next thing I would do is try to talk to them, but do it in the most loving way sure. possible. Yep, yep. And say like, hey, whatever you decide, I'll submit to, but I wanna get my side of this on the books. I wanna say what I have to say to and maybe you'll consider that in your decision.
1: Yeah, that's good. I always oftentimes need to check myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, timing is super important. That's good. Anytime that you're going in to have those conversations with um, someone in authority, timing is the literally most important thing that I think about. Um, my boss here at the radio station, our boss, I know that he does so much beyond mm-hmm. just what I see. So I have to oftentimes look and like literally physically look at him <laughs> to see what he's doing, see the way that his face looks. Because uh-huh. if it doesn't if it doesn't look like he can handle a conversation in that moment, it is not the right time to have one of those conversations. Mm. So timing it and and maybe even priming, priming his pump a little bit. Give him the idea, like say, hey, I need I need to talk to you about this. No big deal. Whenever you get a chance, let me know. And then it allows him to think about it a little bit and then go into that conversation with our, our right mind. Because I know if he's doing something else, he's gonna he's not gonna be able to give a hundred percent to both.
2: That's really good. That's really good. And I love what you're talking about about just seeing where he's at or where whoever it is sure. he or she is at and just checking and like saying, okay, I, this is on my heart, but it might not be on theirs right yeah. now. Like they might be trying to worry about something else. So I, you need to give them space to do that too.
0: The good co podcast is better when you're part of it. You can reach out to the show, ask questions and share feedback by leaving a message on our page at myhopefm.net.
1: So this conversation was kind of sparked by a question that came in from Katie in the mailbag over this last week and um, this is what her question said and then we're gonna just talk about that for a little bit during this mailbag. mailbag she said what are some of the most important or impactful things your parents did that helped nurture your faith and helped it stick as a parent i've read lots of parenting books heard from friends and mentors have my own ideas but i'd love to hear from you on what things were really impactful from your parents
2: That is so good. And that's kind of a governing authority we didn't like fully talk about. But same kind of thing is somebody who's an authority over you. Um, One thing that immediately stuck out to me when I saw this question from Katie was seeing my parents in the word really stuck out to me more than anything because I realized that they meant what they said. It wasn't just like you do this. We think it's good for you, but we're not doing it. And honestly, it wasn't like they were openly reading in front of me all the time, but it was like I'd wake up in the morning and go into the living room and see them reading together or separately. Or I would notice that the Bible the day before was like sitting on this shelf and then the next day it was sitting on another shelf. Mm -hmm. And so I just knew that that was a habit that was in their lives. And for me, that was like, okay, this is important because they're actually doing it. They're taking the time, even, even when I can't always see it, they're taking the time to do this, so it must matter.
1: Yeah. You know, a couple months ago, maybe even a couple years ago at this point now, <laughs> I don't know, um, someone shared this quote with me, and I, I don't remember who it came from, but they said, some things are better caught than taught. Mm. And this is like a perfect representation of, of that saying. Um, with your kids, some things are better for them to catch you doing it. Than for you to teach them not to do something else, or that's for good. you to teach them to do something, along those same lines. It most of the valuable stuff that I learned from my parents came from something that I caught them doing. Mm,
0: yeah.
1: uh, generosity was a big thing that my parents allowed me to see. Often was them being generous, them giving to the things that the Lord prompts them to give to. I've learned a lot from both of my parents, and that's not just the only thing I've learned, but just seeing how faithful they are in even the small times yeah and that's not something that i can catch or 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 be taught i guess it's something more that i have to catch
2: yeah that's really good another thing with my parents was they since a really young age fostered open communication in our family i always knew that i could come to them with the hard topics And I never worried about what they would say or if they would get mad. It was always, I can come to you and I know we'll just talk about this if I don't understand it or if I just want to know more about it or if I want to tell you my opinion and you think something else, I knew we could always do that. There was always space for that in my family. And my family ended up having a lot of hard conversations. And I watched my parents walk through most of those really well. And that just showed me even more of who Jesus was too, because I knew no matter what, even if I knew they would disagree with me or be disappointed in me, I knew I could bring it to them. Mm -hmm. And they would just like hold it with open hands and say, okay, let's talk about this and talk about why we believe what we believe or what all of that means for us.
1: So if you have any other questions for us or if you just want to weigh in on some conversation, share your thoughts or even just say hi to us. You can do that on our website. Just go to myhopefm.net, click on air, click podcast, and then click my beautiful face right there, and Emma sit
0: next to me. Hey. Thanks for clicking play on the Good Co. podcast. To hear another episode or to get a hold of the show, visit myhopefm.net and click podcast.